0: Welcome to episode 218 of the Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Stanislav here in Manchester. With me on the line from Denver, Colorado, it's the one and only Shane Beeps. Stanislav, hello. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Happy
1: Easter. Oh, yeah, it is Easter. It's Easter. That, that's is that. That's maybe why my, my my wife is was giving me the side eye as I started recording at nine a.m. with you all.
0: She was like, "It's a holiday." She's like, Shane, all of the good eggs will be gone
2: by the time you're the done. Good, the, the good, well, you you two are good eggs. Aww. that's right. It's a me. I'm back. <laughs> He's arisen. Do you remember? This is the this is the one year anniversary of the best joke we ever made. And weird <laughs> timing because I'm a back. And also, guess who else is arisen? Our Lord and Savior Mario. <laughs> you saw the Mario movie, right? Am I right? He's arising up those box office returns, if if, <laughs> if this weekend is any indication to me. The you said you saw it, and you saw it with a raucous crowd. So that sounds fun. I saw it with an extremely rowdy crowd, full of yelling teenagers, and just a lot, just a lot of people having commentary on the movie. It was so. Was it was it like? Is this
1: like
0: the ironic movie to see of the
2: summer? No, I think this is just a kid's movie. That's like ninety minutes of just pure energy.
0: And I'm assuming you're like me. I'm I'm, ass- I'm assuming I have more in common with Shane on this than with Dave. If there's people in the movie theater distracting my cinema experience, I oh, am God. I am ready to go nuclear on them. Well, that's why I like uh, Alamo Drafthouse. Get at us. I I confront people at the movie theater. Oh yeah, constantly. I will I will turn around and someone say please stop talking
1: stan there was there was this one time uh we we went to see what was the the dog movie a dog's purpose no the the one from wes anderson uh the isle of dogs yeah so we went to see Isle of dogs right and like to my four o'clock was like a what i assume was a mom and like a seven-year-old child I think they must have assumed that this PG 13 rated Wes Anderson movie was for children mm. because it, it featured animated dogs. Yes. Uh, throughout the movie, this lovely child, of course, was confused by what was going on on the screen. And so, you know, kept asking questions to the mom, uh, again, who I assume was a mom. And at some point, I just had to turn around and be like, look, are you serious right now? Not to the child, <laughs> to the mom. But it was, it was because she kept answering. She wasn't just like she wasn't she wasn't just like please we're at a movie theater. Now I sound like a butthole. I know it, it's this. hard with
0: it, it's hard doing that to children. I don't think yes. I don't think I would do that to a ch- child. I would just quietly fume. But to an adult, I would or a teenager, I would I would yell at a teenager. Oh yeah, all day. It's the only place in Every the world where where us olds have power over teenagers because otherwise they're scary. This is like our best old, old Man Yell at Clouds intro I think we've ever had. Yeah, so, so David came in before we introduced him, but he's, he's back, the godfather.
2: He's seen the light. I'm working on it. I'm in my new recording area, which is of questionable choice where it is, but uh, it's more comfortable. And uh, But my kids really want to play Switch in the next room, and so they're arguing. So, oh you know, no. We were picking them up on mic. Uh-oh. It's all right. Well, it is a Mario-themed intro. It is perfect for them. But what are we doing this week?
0: Well, on this week's show, Dave, you've you've returned to tell us about the actual good cards in Marsh of the Machine, the ones that we skipped over last week. Not so sure about
2: that, but let's, let's see where the day goes. Well,
0: I think we should just spend the entire episode talking about this cycle of rare lands that is all the buzz.
2: The cycle of rare lands that does not exist in this set? Am I right? But first, some housekeeping. Shout out to the newest
0: patrons to join the Dive Down Nation. We've got Jake B. and Alfredo F., As well as an increased tier from King Bass of Netherlands, Mm -hmm. who supports us in Euros. I don't want those. I'll take them. Yes, you do. I'll take them.
2: They're fine. Stan Stan can use them. We'll take them. We'll take them all. Australian dollars. We'll take uh, whatever you got. Italian era. Doge. Do do we still accept Doge? Uh, Only for pizzas. Okay, good.
0: So we did something interesting on the YouTube channel last week, thanks to Dave who put in some extra time into the podcast. We made the episode of our first round of spoilers into a video where you can actually watch me and Shane talk about them. And then we have like very sexy overlays of the cards that we are discussing.
2: Yes, importantly, overlays. Yeah, and we're going to give it another try this week with this art, with the three of us, with the card art this time. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts now and you want to see the cards, go check us out on YouTube. Give us a follow on YouTube. We're giving YouTube a little bit of a shot here, see if we can bring some more uh, listeners over to there. So go check it out if you want to. Uh, Can't guarantee we're going to do it forever, but we're going to give it a try because I find it intellectually engaging to see how easy it is to uh, see how easy we can make it to make a video. Hmm.
0: Maybe it's not for every episode. Maybe some episodes will have the video videos exactly. other episodes will just have the standard art over sound as we've done historically but exactly right who knows what the future holds i certainly don't but i can tell you that you can support the show on patreon over at patreon.com slash the dive down you can also support us by buying stuff more stuff to buy always there's always more stuff to buy over at the or you can just go directly to our store the dive slash store you can even support us while playing Magic Online with a Mana subscription with promo code The Dive Down Ten. That's the number ten to get ten percent off your first two months of renting Magic Online cards. I do think this code is changing soon, based on
1: looking at like the the cycle in which they, you know, they don't want it to spread and like people using it. So at some point, this will change. I think it changes pretty soon. So watch this space, Mana users or uh, soon-to-be users.
0: I think a good rule of thumb is if you ever want to use our traders code, just double check whatever the most recent episode is. Or maybe, maybe our, our Twitter, maybe the pinned tweet has. The Twitter? Yeah. Try to keep it updated. You can also use our promo code over at Barrister and Man. The Dive Down 2023 gets 15% off your first order of fragrances, shaving soaps, body soaps and more. And this one doesn't even support us. It just supports you. And that's a discount on paper magic cards from Nerd Rage Gaming. Promo code DIVE8.
2: That's the number eight. The number eight. Let's go back to Barrister and Man real quick for one second. So, Will and the team, thanks to you all, has asked to sign up for one more month of hanging out with us right now. So, we will continue to talk to you about beautiful, amazing fragrances that uh, we're trying out from Will and the team at Barrister and Man going into spring. So, thank you for your support. If you haven't checked out that code, please check it out. And with that in mind, are we diving right into cards from here? Anybody else have any bits, any any Easter things they want to talk about? Stan, you're having some pudding later, I heard. No.
0: No, but nothing here is as, is is Not as, really as it seems.
2: I've I've learned exactly. How about biscuits? Are you having biscuits? Are there are there Easter biscuits too? Oh, I eat a lot of biscuits. Hobnobs are one of my favorite
0: biscuits here. You guys have hobnobs in America? I'm sure you Hobnobs. I, wow. I- <laughs> It's only been three-ish months. You would know. I'm certain that there are hobnobs in America. Just they might have a different name. It's like a cookie. It's just like imagine like a sugar cookie, but one layer is like chocolate. But like like the sticky chocolate that'll get over your face. So it's not like a Mm -hmm. embedded chocolate. It's a layer of chocolate cream. Really tasty stuff. But yeah, the Brits they do Easter weekend very intensely. It's it's a little bit like Memorial Day weekend in America, where it's like the first like spring holiday where everyone goes out. But it's a four day weekend. It's a, like Friday and Monday are bank holidays by law or
2: decree. I don't know which is which. By writs of the Church of England.
0: So I am I
1: was doing some research in the background, more importantly, about Hobnobs. And this is the most British sounding biscuit. It's it's by Mc, McVitie's Hobnobs Dark Chalk. Not dark chocolate. Dark Chalk. Choc. My chalky chips. Yeah, just they like to say chalky.
0: They're really good. McVitie's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. love love, i love easter now i used to think easter was boring being a jewish person in america because all of my non-jewish friends were like busy but the english people they just like go out and and party all the grocery stores are closed but everything else is open it's nice beautiful day perfect beautiful day
1: you don't want to talk about some cards by the way
2: all right let's get into it dun 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 actually here check this out oh my gosh and here we are, week two of March of the Machine spoilers. Dave's cards. Dave's cards coming up now. The first thing we're going to start no, with not like is this. two blue cards. <laughs> Dave's got a new toy. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it out earlier today. We're, I don't know if we're going to keep up with it, but it's... <laughs> powered by
0: Riverside FM. This is why Dave insisted we record on a new platform today. We're usually on Squadcast. Today we're trying Riverside, and it's because Dave has buttons.
2: No, I, I asked for it because I discovered last week that Squadcast uses variable frame rate compression, which is oh, not no. good if you want to use course. their videos for anything yeah. other than a backup. So, uh, Are you sure that those funny sound effects are getting recorded on your channel? No, it's fine. We'll cut this out if they're not. <laughs> they threw that one in there for us, too. So does Riverside export in stunning
0: 4K HDR?
2: It can export in 4K, but none of our cameras are 4K for what it's worth. so Yeah, mine's 1080. Yeah, you want us to get to 4K? You want 4K of my face in my basement? That's what we're doing. Yeah, every pore, every beer hair, every pore ha- beard hair. All right, let's talk about cards from March of the Machine. So, it's exhausting to read. Guys, I gotta tell you. Tell me. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about this set. Really? I That's mean, so I, just mostly people are like, these cards are awesome. And I look through That's the whole job. spoiler, and I, w- I don't want to give people a bummer at the beginning of the episode like this. Yes, that is your job. But I was a little bit like... I don't know if there's how many slam dunk cards there are in this set, especially beyond the ones that you all had last week, which I think have a few really clear ones. We can talk about that later if we want. So I'm just going to talk about cards that I thought were cool. Hopefully you guys will do the same. Do cards have to be slam dunks to be good? No, I just mean clearly playable. Like there's a lot of things that I think are cool, but I don't really know if they're on rates or if they have homes in Modern or Pioneer, you know. You think all the cards I've ever liked and talked about were playable? No, not all of them, but I do... Few of them, I'm just saying, I didn't see a lot of standouts in this set where I was like, yes, you know, this is definitely going to change something in modern. But we'll see. I mean, for what it's worth, I, I
0: generally agree. But I think the thing that I found a little unique about this set in particular, as we start talking about it, is that although there weren't many cards that, like, jumped out to me as I have to have four of these ASAP, I saw a lot of cool parts and pieces of cards where, like... The text on the card was interesting, even if the whole design wasn't as, like, pushed as perhaps I'd like. But there's just things, little details that seemed unique enough that got me thinking and curious. Yeah, the art was really good, but everything else was terrible. I love that part.
2: That's not it. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, so here's where I want to start. And I'm going to start with something super boring, but that was interesting to me. We'll see what you all think about these cards. It's actually two cards I want to talk about, because they have a combination of words that I have infrequently seen before. And I think straight up, maybe we've never seen this before. The two cards are meeting of the minds and transcendent message. Oh, it's like an episode of the dive down. Yeah, that's right. That's us coming together to share our transcendent message with everyone. We're reaching out to you across the plains. Meeting the Minds is three generic and a blue. It's an instant. It has Convoke, and it says draw two cards. And then Transcendent Message is X generic, blue, 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 instant has Convoke and says draw X cards. So I did a little scryfall search. Mm -hmm. There's not really anything that has Convoke that fits exactly just like Convoke draw cards, especially at instant speed that I saw. There are some that kind of let you get card advantage, but this is kind of new. I think part of it is because we haven't had Convoke in blue a ton in the past, uh, which is also interesting about the mechanic. But the one that's clearly the most interesting to me, honestly, is Meeting of the Minds, though, which is just the four mana you know, use Convoke to draw two cards at instant speed. This just seems like home for me in a couple of different places in modern. I actually think that there's a chance that this could be, is this going to be better than maybe than thought cast, or maybe you're going to play 10 casts in that deck. I mean, I don't think it's better than thought monitor because monitor comes with a body, but this being able to basically pay off the same way as you are in affinity draw two cards at instant speed instead of at sorcery speed for one less mana value. I think there's a possibility that this could go in that kind of build. I also, of course, think that this could go in everybody's deck that they want it to be good, which is Young Pyromancer, Blue-Red Spells, Third Path, Iconoclast, Garbage, essentially, you know, just because it's instant speed. Yeah, Dave, when you compare it to Thoughtcast, I don't dislike this as much as I
1: do <laughs> on, its, on its face. Like, I mean, Convoke stuff has always been surprisingly fair right? Because typically the the floor is not great if you're not already having creatures on the board. and If you're already having creatures on the board, it sort of just lends itself into sometimes a win more situation, right? Like that's what I think transcendent message is. It's like, that's, that's just win more. Like if you're doing that, like, you know, holy moly, you're already probably pretty far ahead if you're drawing anything worthwhile. Meeting of the minds is, I think, Like like you said, Thoughtcast. Thoughtcast has affinity for artifacts. If you don't have artifacts out, then it's a you know it's a five mana card. This sorcery card. So the floor on this is just four, and it's an instant. And if your deck's doing at all what it's doing, which is what Thoughtcast is designed around, then Meeting of the Minds might be somewhat better, or maybe like more on average, like maybe better, or at least similar.
0: Yeah, I agree that meeting the minds actually is a little bit more realistic as well, because I think part of what makes Convoke such a powerful ability on the Convoke spells that make the cut, Corda Calling for instance, is that you can tap colored creatures for the colored picks, pips of the Convoke spell. Mm-hmm. And with Transcendent Message,
2: like in the Young Pyromancer shell that we're thinking about, there aren't a lot of blue cards to tap for the blue, 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 blue. Yeah, just to be clear, not talking about Transcendent Message as a fit, in this space at all only talking i'm only talking about meeting the minds as being playable right now i just think transcendent message is almost the same card so i wanted to mention not the same card but i wanted to mention it at the same time since it's similar mechanics but i i transcendent message for what it's worth you know it's stroke of genius with convoke and i think this is like are we doing some kind of wild combo with this because we already have pull from tomorrow which is x blue blue draw x cards and then discard one card. So I I don't know if if there's anything going on here unless you're really trying to do some kind of combo. I can't imagine where you're either, you know, trying to draw your whole deck or or something like that. But um, I, I think the Comet is much better than the Rare in this case.
0: Okay, Dave, you've convinced me. Blue draw cards can be good.
2: Yeah, instant speed blue jar cards that can cost zero mana can be good. I mean, I'm not going to say this is an instant staple, like I said, about of one mind back in the day, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I think it's a card that could be a good tool. Keep rolling with Dave cards, because you weren't on last week. Let's get some catch up. Okay, I'm going to save the one that I think we're going to have the most lively discussion about for a minute. I just wanted to talk about Archangel Elspeth for Mm. a second, because it's a huge thematic spoiler card for the set. I just wanted to talk about it for a minute because I'm trying to figure out if it's good or not. So Archangel, Archangel Elspeth, two generic white-white, legendary planeswalker Elspeth, plus one, create a 1-1 Soldier white soldier token with lifelink, minus two, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. It becomes an angel in addition to its other types and gains flying, minus six, return all non-land permanent cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Loyalty four. I, is this card good? <laughs> what do you What do you guys think about this card? I mean, I think this card
1: is worse than like Elspeth Knight Errant to me. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, the kind of one of the original like four mana like good that was a modern planeswalker at some point. I don't even think Elspeth was good even when I started playing modern, like in twenty fifteen. So I don't Elspeth Knight, Knight Errant. Errant yeah. No. Uh, yeah, but. I think that you know Elspeth Knight Errant is also not legal in pioneer, and I don't know if that means that this is then good. I think it's like like I don't know like I think you mentioned uh you know wandering emperor right, so it's like i don't yeah. I don't know if this is anywhere near even wandering emperor status, like I guess
2: where do you see this fitting in, and like what kind of like play patterns do you see besides the very obvious the o- ones? yeah, I mean the only thing I thought was that maybe. I mean, one thing that I thought was interesting was that when you do the minus six, it brings back all permanents that you have that are less than a certain mana value from the graveyard of the battlefield. So like, is there some kind of reanimation strategy or or are you pulling back all your baubles from the graveyard that you've cast to like in some kind of weird, you know, using colorless (laughs) as like a, you know, as a card advantage thing? I don't know. It's just weird that they made a card that saves everybody in the story and then it's kind of like... It's just fine. Like, I think it's kind of fine. I mean, minus two to put two plus one plus one counters on target creature and then have it fly is a pretty good upgrade, but Knight Errant does that as a plus, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe this card is just not good. Stan, do you have any thoughts about
0: this? I think she nailed it with the Wandering Emperor comparison. In a control shell, that just seems like more on plan in general as both a reactive spell that can present a clock. Yeah. Yeah. I also just think that this is a Planeswalker for a different era.
2: You know what I mean? Like and that I, other era is called Standard.
0: Ma- yeah, maybe, maybe. I, yeah, I just don't see... I, I, I looked past this one because I just didn't see the obvious application of, like, what's a deck that would both want to work up to that ultimate that can also play a Planeswalker.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's unfortunate, especially since the art is sweet, actually, on this one. I'm like, that is a great... Cool Elspeth Angel picture, but nope, 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 nope. I mean, All right? Maybe, how about look, another Convoke maybe it style. don't make the
0: cut? Nope. We'll, we'll find out. I just it just the the comparison to old Elspeth and 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 the Wandering Emperor specifically, I think, kind of like are problematic.
2: Outmodes it. Yep. How about something weirder that I just think is cool and that also is a blue card with Convoke, and that is Zephyr Singer, which is too generic blue blue. Creature, Siren, Pirate, Convoke, Flying Vigilance, 3-4. And then the text is, when Zephyr Singer enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on each creature that convoked it. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I kind of overlooked this one. I mean, this card is sweet. I don't know what where it fits, especially because Mono Blue Spirits is sort of the blue crappy creatures deck in Pioneer, and all of those creatures already have flying, and this doesn't fit on it with theme. But the idea of maybe, I don't know, making some undercosted giant creatures, you know, and using those to convoke it out one time when you hit a ground stall, or, you know, even four for a 3-4 with flying and vigilance for pioneer-esque formats maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, I'm, you know, it's definitely not really on rate for modern where you can cast Dragon's Rage Channeler for a single mana and then have a 3-3 three, three flyer later. So... I don't know. I just thought this was interesting to be able to potentially give your whole team flying at some point when they convoke when you convoke with it. It also made me think of Siren Storm Tamer. Do you know that card, which is like the counter spell on legs? Uh the one one flyer for yes. one that's a pirate as well. I kind of wondered if there was just maybe a different take on a mono blue deck that could take advantage of this other than spirits. Yeah, that's the question, right? Is
1: like this is kind of more in the potentially sort of winning more, like thing where it's like I already yeah. have creatures, and then I'm going to use them to cast a, a better creature so like it's actually on rate. Like even in Pioneer, right? Like is, this is like a 2.5 mana card, right? Like three, four flying right. vigilance. So like if you're paying even three, I feel like you're moderately overpaying. If you're paying three and then you give like a you know ground pounder flying, like let's say this goes in like even a you know, this would be really hard mana, like some kind of Simic deck, like Simic Stompy was a thing in early days of Pioneer because you had Oko. And so you could right. do something like, you know, what's a, a beefy green creature, let's say, you know, Steel Leaf Champion, somehow you had three green mana and then blue mana, who knows, right? But then, uh, you know, you have a flying 5-4 that, can, that, can't, that can't be blocked by probably most spirits on the other side of the battlefield. So that's pretty sweet. But again, that's living the
2: dream. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's super vanilla, but it, I just thought it was a cool card. I like that it has flying and vigilance. Wow, well, me too. I've always been attracted to cards with flying and vigilance. <laughs> Sarah,
1: yeah, like, just, Sarah Angel.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a nice. Hey, combo. I did just talk
2: about Elspeth as a Sarah Angel, and now I'm talking about a th- card that is Sarah Angel, kind of. And there's a there's a uh, there's a battle I want to talk about later that flips into a Sarah Angel. We can talk about that too. <laughs> not really. We're not going to talk about all that all the one. Sarah Angels. Give me mono-standard mono, mono standard Sarah Angel deck. Spoilers, I did find some cool
1: battles. There's so many of them. Not not okay. so many cool ones. There's so many battles. You have to find
0: the cool ones. Oh, right. There's, there's a lot of battles.
2: All right. Let's switch to that after we talk about my last card that I really wanted to talk about, which is Kenra Spell Spellspear. Oh, I knew you were going to have to bring this you, one up. You knew I wanted to talk about this card. It's a generic and a red. On the front, it is a creature, Jackal Warrior with Trample. It has prowess, hearts, and then it has an activated abil- ability that is three uh phyrexian blue mana, three generic and a phyrexian blue mana, transform Kenris spell spear, activate only as a sorcery. There's a whole cycle of these flip flip cards, or there's a lot of them that are kind of like things that live on the planes that get corrupted. Mm-hmm. Then the backside of it is Gataxian Spellstalker. It's blue and red, it is a creature phyrexian jackal with trample ward two prowess and prowess and it's a three three Hmm. so obviously i wanted to talk about this card
0: was this part of like the full spoiler because i completely missed it oh you didn't didn't see us arguing
2: about this a few days ago no
0: it was great probably probably happening while i was asleep yeah though yes (laughs) as
2: many things that you are fortunate to miss do (laughs) (laughs) me being a grump and yeah. everyone else being like, "This is sweet." So, here's the thing about this card: this is good. the only card in Scryfall that has prowess and trample. And I think that's the, the I only. Think that's one. the only
1: reason that this card is probably still decent because the front side is
2: pretty good because it has prowess yes. and trample. If if the back side was the only thing that had trample, I would not be talking about this card because we have seen so many Ophi cards that do nothing that are two twos for two or two ones for two in the prowess deck that have prowess, but they don't really do anything else. I'm looking at you, Abbot of Carol Keep. I'm looking at you, Blood, like Heartfire, <laughs> such and such. You know, I'm looking emulator. at you.
0: Is it the Bloodfire Emulator? Bloodfire
2: Emulator, yeah. Like there's so many two drops that people try in these prowess decks. You know, Sprite Dragon is a good card. Storm Weanity was a card that I had a lot of fun with for a long time. Third Path Iconoclast, if you want to go a different way with how the deck works, you can do that as well. Um, that's kind of like, I don't know if this card stands out enough to get over the long history of mediocre two drops that end up in prowess, but the fact that it has extra evasion on top of it has two toughness off the the bat, I think is also a little bit helpful um, when you think about it in a modern context. It makes it a little slightly, slightly more attractive um, because you can play it with two mana and not necessarily... Uh, feel like you're going to get destroyed by Renin Six if you play Spell Spell uh, Sprite Dragon. So there, there are some credentials with this card. Uh, and then the backside is sort of like something that you can do with your mana when you run out of cards because you do run out of cards in Prowess. And so ha- being able to upgrade a creature and then attack in can be pretty helpful.
0: Not only is it something to do with your mana, but I think this makes it like a pretty good late game draw. Yes. You know, it, if you're thinking about something like prowess and you are on turn five or six and then you draw a soul scar mage that can feel like like the worst thing to like either get you back into the game or or even close it out whereas i think like this it comes down and it's a five slash six mana three three war two yeah that actually looks kind of okay
2: and if someone tries to kill it with a lightning bolt you, if you have one spell, if you have Gita- not Khetanxian Probe, if you have Taxian Probe, uh, if you have uh, Lava Dart in the graveyard, if you happen to have Gutshot in your deck, if you have a Become Immense, you know the card you can save it from that really easily, and then they have to pay three for it, so it's really hard for their removal spell, so it's really hard for them to fire off another spell necessarily. To try to do the two spells in a turn thing so i i don't know like i will definitely try this card in prowess i don't know if it fits with what prowess is in modern right now in particular which is that kind of like we're gonna fill up the graveyard then we're gonna bolt you to death by by abusing underworld breach maybe this is something that has a little bit of, of power in um pioneer and the blue red prowess deck that keeps coming and going in pioneer too but But doesn't the trample make the breach for value turns better? Yeah. Because
0: sometimes you you, you have to breach for value to just, like, rebuild your hand or kind of reconstruct some sort of plan. And now the trample can actually help convert that into damage in a way that, like, other prowess cards, like, can sometimes... Ideally, they convert cantrips into damage, but, like, sometimes they get blocked by just, like jump blockers and tokens yeah,
2: yeah exactly and that's why you want like that's why you wanted stormwing entity or why mm-hmm. you wanted you know sprite dragon in your deck so you can fly over but you know storming entities setup cost is pretty high and the payoff isn't as much as it used to be given that there's a lot of removal that kills it these days no problem on holy heat Leyline binding all those kind of things so mm-hmm. You know, even though those this card dies to those things as well, the ward two makes it a little harder if you manage to flip it, but also it's just a two mana investment. Then it's not two mana and a card that you had to play or like you had to contort your deck to do it. And then like you said, Sprite Dragon like I said, Sprite Dragon, you know, I go back and forth on Sprite Dragon. Sometimes I think it's amazing. Sometimes I'm kinda like this is Sprite just dragon fine. Rules. Like the yeah, best dragon. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly the cheapest. But maybe this is the card that I feel like has the best chance of being something out of all the things that I've mentioned today. I, I don't know. Meeting the mind seems pretty good too. But anyway, those are the f- cards that jumped out to me right away, and then I have a list of some other combo e type cards that we can talk about later on. Perfect. Why wait? Because I don't want to talk anymore.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I, I found a I found a cool battle. Can we, can we talk about a cool battle? Yeah. Yes. Invasion of Gobicon. I have never heard of this plane. Do you know what plane this is from, Dave?
2: It's fake. I don't. I think it's one of the ones that's never been mentioned oh. before until now. There's a bunch that have never been mentioned until the this so the set. Return to so. Gobicon
1: set, I didn't miss it
2: or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, we're gonna go to Gobicon. We're gonna go bacon very shortly.
1: <laughs> All right. This is this is a one and a white battle siege. When an ETB's look at target opponent's hand, you may exile a non-land card from it for as long as that card remains exiled. Its owner may play it. A spell cast this way costs. Two generic mortar cast and its defense is three when you flip this it is light shield array it's an enchantment at the beginning of your end step put a plus one plus one counter on each creature that attack this turn you can also sacrifice it to give creatures you control hexproof and indestructible until end of turn isn't this good this is good right it's two mana you get to interact with your opponent's hand it has three defense uh the flip snowballs incredibly quickly and gives you protection for your creatures if you want to sacrifice it. It doesn't cost anything to sacrifice. Uh, it seems pretty good. I guess my, my only real, real question is like, is the front side worth it when it's not on a body? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you don't get Apollo out of it. That's also like, what, a 3-2 flyer or something like that? And I believe that also taxes the spell by three more, not two more, or is it two more? Anyway, I think this is like, I see this as maybe sideboard, like because you don't want to really put this in your aggressive creature deck probably, or like your disruptive aggressive creature deck like Mono White Humans. But I think the ability to snowball and the ability to give your creatures hexproof and indestructible on
2: the flip is likely worth it. For what it's worth, Elite Spellbinder costs two more, makes someone cost two more.
0: Yeah, the least spellbinder comparison is interesting here. I feel like this has that similar like effect of like hand disruption in white that creates attacks, but I think it goes into different decks because spellbinder is a creature that flies. So it's like more of a threat. And the front side, I think, being a protection spell and the backside being a protection spell, because of the sacrifice ability specifically, just sort of makes me wonder if this is like a combo tool in like some I don't know, like devoted company stuff i don't know yeah, I mean, it's but like what
2: white combos can we think of it's devoted yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i just think it's i think it's good value i
1: think it's just cheap enough to get you the white based hand interaction and then like you can flip it pretty darn easily probably and then you snowball incredibly quickly but you don't require a lot of creatures to win with so i think that like i don't think that opposing control decks are going to want to see this
0: yeah so, so flipping it easily is i think I think it's sort of the open question because on the one hand, like the effect it has, I think we agree is not something you want to put into like humans or mono white humans or like a deck full of creatures. Cause you want like, not main I, deck I assume necessarily. you want more gas. Yeah. 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 Maybe this is a sideboard card. Part of me almost wonders if it's defense three, because like this card is designed to be in decks that are running other non-creature spells or the creatures aren't supposed to be attackers. So it has to be easier to flip with like, like, one elite spellbinder, for instance, or, or something else sure. that can just get in there with like a single swing to flip it over so that now you have like this added protection. I mean, I, th- I think it's designed just to be efficient, right? I think it's designed to see play
1: is what I think this is designed to do. And so like, I mean, I think that you're, you're onto something there too, which is like, you don't have to have a tremendously huge board to flip it, but then it rewards you for taking the time to do so by allowing you to, to snowball quickly.
2: Yeah, maybe they took a look at the amount, because Elite Spellbinder is not getting like a huge amount of play. You know, it sees play occasionally. And so I wonder if Wizards is kind of like, we really like this effect for white. Let's make a card that's one mana cheaper to see if that makes it more worth it to try. Because maybe three mana is too late in the game a lot of times to get the card that you want or or whatever. The, the tax isn't enough, so let's see what happens if we do it on turn two instead of turn three, basically. But yeah, I, I had this card on my shortlist too and did not... End up including it because I thought it was interesting as well. It's the backside that's more confusing to me, particularly the the kind of at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature that attacked that turn. It's it's I don't know how often that's going to trigger because you know or how broadly because it becomes this thing where it's kind of like, well, I would love to get the plus one plus one to get my creatures through to attack with, but if I send them, then they're not going to be around after the the attack, you know. So I I don't know as much about that, but
1: yeah, I just think it's cool. cool. I think it'll see
2: some play. Like it, I don't think there are any fake planes. By the
0: way, Dave, this this plane was in plane chase, and this is also where a Teo Shield
2: Mage is from. Oh, oh everyone knows okay. Teo. Go back there. Khan. You go. Well, I can't wait to go back on there soon. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, what do you have? What do you have? How dare you? I would actually talk about this new Urbresk. The first
0: good, good Urbresk. I put, it, I put it on the list. I don't know if it's great, but I think it's fun. I would have put it if you hadn't two red red for a legendary fraxant praetor first strike it's a four four whenever you cast an instant or sorcery urbrask deals one damage to target opponent add r and then it also has this ability of r which stands for red exile urbrask return to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control activate only as a sorcery and only if you've cast three or more instants or sorcery spells this turn. So that's, that's the tricky part here. But the other side is called the Great Work and it's a saga. Chapter one deals three damage to target opponent and each creature they control. Chapter two, create three treasure tokens. Chapter three, you may cast instance and sorceries from any graveyard. If a spell cast this way we put into a graveyard, exile it. Exile the Great Work return to the battlefield, front face up. So Stan, how are you evaluating this? um best case scenario perfect i
2: i was i was perfect. hoping so default mode
1: play yeah. it and win baby <laughs> it does remind me of bergy yeah right
2: yeah. remember I think bergy? it's kind of
1: worse than bergy but it's cool how it's, could it be worse than bergy I mean, <laughs> like because bergy's that bad you looked at Bergie lately <laughs> got any bergy results no. going on i mean i think it's i mean just like the casting an incident of sports sorcery dealing one damage and adding red is like is pretty good
0: yeah yeah, it's just, um, maybe you don't flip it unless you're, like, going off and winning. I mean, I just don't think turn. you flip it, because if you're doing three or more
1: instants and sorceries, <laughs> you're doing pretty well for yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, unless those instants and sorceries are, like, cantrips, and you're either filtering the mana or playing red cantrips. Yeah, like
1: all those, like, two-mana red things that exile cards on the top of your graveyard, off the top of your library.
0: Or crash-throughs
2: and, like, Warlord's Fury and whatnot. I mean, Lord's Fury on on an Easter stand. <laughs> Warlord's Fury. Did you say Warlords? I think
0: I said Warlord's Fury.
2: <laughs> it, anyway, um, I was just imagining this in like Red Prowess kind of cards, right? Like like you said, it's it's Reckless Impulse. Hey, we have another Reckless Impulse in this set Two, nice. We can play eight Reckless Impulses. Hell this yeah. card, Lava Dart, Gut shot. That's the deck. Um, yeah, that's that's the deck, and you you can do three. Instance pretty easily. And it's not like you need the extra mana because you're casting cards. So it you're going to have, it's activated the the spells for its activated ability. You know what I mean? It's like you cast three instance, the last one you get the red off of, you flip it. Right. Then you, then you do a anger of the gods, which is like, I don't know how good that is, how bad it is. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing that's that here's the thing about this thing to me is like this card is you're flipping it so that on the back, you can cast Underworld Breach, like that's what that's what Chapter Three of the saga is. So it's like I already have Underworld Breach in Modern. Um, maybe there's a way to do it to make it work in Pioneer, but then you don't have the free spells. So yeah, I mean, I I almost never
1: want to flip this. It's like it's unless it is clearing a lot of my opponent's board, right? Like what am I doing? But it's it's really slow, right? Like maybe if yeah, at best you're flipping this turn five you without any acceleration and then your flip. And the, again, rem- remember that the sagas trigger at the beginning of your first main phase. So like mm-hmm. you wouldn't even get the wrath until turn six. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So Good it's just point. like, I don't know. I think I would only want the front side and only kind of, because it doesn't have haste.
0: Wait, is that true? Because if you play a saga during your second main phase, it instantly goes to chapter one. Uh
1: good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after no, the think, saga enters. Sense, right? right, after the saga enters. Because it would be really bad if it didn't have the first chapter trigger. Thank you, Stan. Um, I forgot about yeah. that little wrinkle. Because you are still casting it. It's not just sort of becoming a permanent. But yeah, I mean... It's like, I think it's very borderline. Like, I don't want a four mana, four, four without haste to be like my curve topper and red prowess. I think it has to be something that's like, I don't know. You have to get something out of like the repeated spell casting for, and get the mana back type thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there's some comboy stuff that we're not thinking of where it's like, oh, I want Bergy and Urbrask so that I have my degenerate infinite mana engine yeah, it's my eight Berg mm-hmm. deck. I could see that it's my Berg Brask, my Ura-Berg mm-hmm. deck. Yeah, because imagine a curious curiosity on this thing, right?
0: Where all, all of your crash throughs are drawing you cards, generating mana, and dealing a point of damage.
2: So and it's I- your build, build your own Niv Mizzet,
0: yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. How how many crash throughs can we put into? Is it just that and Warlord's Fury, and that's it, or is there is well, there a twelfth one?
2: there's expedite gives a creature haste and draw and draw a card oh yeah so there's 12 one mana counter or one mana red cantrips that you can use we got there expedite expedite this herb i don't know this card is cool it definitely made me stop and go but i do think it's probably more like a combo thing of some kind than not yeah
0: maybe it's storms maybe it's like this and past in flames is the answer <laughs> yeah and then you're just using metamorphose for filtering or i i guess you don't have to worry about that you're just trying to make as much mana as possible anyway you can grape shot for less
2: shane you got another card that you like oh i got a bunch
1: all right uh pelucranos reborn is it is it pull is it polukranos or pelucranos does it matter this is just a boring green beater it's green 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 for a four or five uh legendary Hydra with reach cool just like the original Pelucranos, the most boring card ever that I ever lost to. They're so good, though, because this one's also good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Six, I believe this is white or Phyrexian mana. Um, transform. You can transform Pelucranos Reborn, activate only as a sorcery, uh, and then it becomes Pelucranos Engine of Ruin. A Phyrexian Hydra with Reach and Lifelink. Whenever it or another non token Hydra you control dies, create a 3 3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature with Reach and a 3 3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature with Lifelink. That's a
2: 6 6. You guys know that that Worm Coil engine is one of my least favorite cards, right? Is it Tron? <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is just a good rate. Like, I mean,
1: just a good rate. The flip side's like the funny Worm Coil, but like. Are you playing this over the big elf? Like over like steel leaf champion? Maybe maybe like in uh rap decks, or maybe in devotion decks? Yeah, because you can flip it pretty easily and but I don't know. I think it's just this is just hey, this will see play because it's a reasonably costed green beater with upside.
2: I could see this being sort of a sideboard tool for a devotion. Well, you don't have a lot of sideboard in devotion because it's a card board. But you know, imagine imagine a meta where there is a red aggressive deck and you're like, Oh, I'd rather have this than because of the lifelink than old growth troll. Although even against a red aggressive deck, old growth troll is extremely good too. So I I don't know. But I can I kind of see it more like a meta tool like that where this allows an Ophi green deck to hang on because of the lifelink, basically. Yeah, it's like it's a fine card. On a, that's a good rate.
1: But, I mean, that's kind of creatures in general in Magic anymore. So, like, that's not even that special to say,
2: especially, if, like, triple green. Well, I was thinking about original Palunachronos when we were talking here. And wasn't, wasn't that uh, too generic green-green for a 5-5? Five, five? I think it was a 4-4 four, 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 or 5-5. Five, five, but the, you you you, pay, you get the monstrosity is what right. you paid for Palunachronos. Right, but I just mean that card was really good back then just because of the rate. And now I don't think that that kind of thing makes yeah, it's as a much five, sense 5 anymore. For 4. Yeah. You know. So... I don't know. Card's cool. I, I like the callback to Pelucernos, uh for the third time, you know, now that we're seeing a third Pelucranos. And maybe we'll never see Pelucranos again uh, after this. But I do think that this card could end up. Are we
0: sad that Pelucranos is
2: completed?
1: I mean, I did love playing Pelucranos in uh, Standard. In the arms of an angel, fly away from here.
2: Oh, man. So,
1: anyway. I mean, I've got more, but I mean, I feel like I've been, there's a lot of Shane cards. Dan, do you have anything from last week we didn't talk about that you wanted to get to?
0: Oh, yeah. Can we talk about Sunfall? Three white white for a sorcery. Exile all creatures. Incubate X, where X is the number of creatures exiled this way. Um, so, you create an incubator token with X11 counters on it. Pay two to transform this artifact into a zero zero for Phyrexian artifact creature. Five mana is a lot for a wrath. Sure. Why pay five when you can pay four? But this is an exile wrath, so I think that's n- noteworthy. It exiles. Okay? Okay. And it leaves behind a creature. And usually when you have wraths that leave behind creatures, it's always like, each opponent picks one thing, and then you get you hope your one thing is bigger than their one thing. Um, I think the exile clause is probably more important than leaving behind a creature, but you could potentially just, like, have a huge creature left over and then play one-for-one one with anything else that your opponents cast, and then your thing either, like, beats them on board or will just always have a clear board to, to swing into.
2: So there's only a couple of other cards that have text like this on them that are just white, for what it's worth. So there's Final Judgment from Betrayers of Kamigawa, I think. This is a Kamigawa that has the little, like, ninja star as it, and that is a four- uh white white and then there's farewell from you know there's farewell which we all know well and that costs one more mana and that says exile all, all artifacts all creatures all enchantments or all graveyards and so you're able to do as many of those modes as you want for one more mana i do think that the leave behind a creature thing is always pretty interesting because it becomes a little bit like cataclysm where you're like okay if i can get ahead get a creature come back like be able to hold it down and then i can attack after the wrath it's interesting it's tough to build a whole plan around it, but it's a nice thing to be able to have as a control deck where you get a win con immediately after a wrath.
1: Yeah, when I originally read this, I forgot that incubate X doesn't mean create X number of incubate tokens. It means create a, it's like basically making like, you know, an, an amass army. You know, it's like a mass war right. mm-hmm. or something like that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like putting all my eggs into one basket in that same way, but I do see the potential here because, you know, it's five is pretty reasonable. For an exiling sweeper. And then, like you said, Stan, is like, you know, you do get the ability to just immediately swing back with something, you know, maybe it's like a 4 4 or, or a 5 5. And then, you know, you're pretty good. Oh, I guess here's a question. Bec- it, when you transform it, does it have haste? Because you control, but you didn't control that thing. So it's not, you can't just flip it the next turn and swing with it, right? You have to own it the turn, like. At the start of the turn. Yeah. Well, wait a second. Wait a second, though. When you it flip... It says transform this artifact. So, like, is that is that Phyrexian
2: artifact creature the same thing? I'm going to try to check really quickly while we're I, here. But we, when so. you flip be- awaken Horror, that attacks right That's away. That's right.
0: That's right, because it doesn't leave the battlefield, a, a transformed entity.
1: I think you swing with it.
0: Yeah. I think it would be pretty bad if you couldn't swing with it. So, yeah, right. let's go. Right. Let's you move. can't swing with it the turn that you Sunfall, but you can do it the next turn.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think I think it has
0: potential. Dave, I, I appreciate you bringing up Farewell. Um, I overlooked that card, and that is a card that sees play. Like I have faced Farewell, and I don't play standard. So,
2: yeah, it's it's a good card, especially for the top end for a control deck to be able to just have like a, a reset button for whatever they need. But this is a little faster, and you get a win con off of it. Huh. Maybe you're good. Can
0: I can I mention another one that we haven't talked about yet? That's fun. This is a fun card. This is the one that everyone's like, "Wow, that's fun." And that's Ancient Imperasaur.
1: In my Magic the Gathering,
0: fun? Take a walk, Shane. This is this is the fun show now. I looked at this card and I was like, "This, let's talk about win more, but this card's sweet. Ancient Imperasaur is 5 GG for a 6-6. Trample, War 2, Convoke. Mm. Oh, what's this? More text? Ancient Imperasaur enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it for each creature that convoked it. Long story short, if you... Spend no mana on it. If you convoke it with seven creatures, it is a twenty twenty. Trample War 2. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect card. If not this, like, what can we have fun with? Like, you have to acknowledge, like, silly little trinkets that are, like, an exciting way to win a game or lose games because you're trying to make this fun innovation work. Like, maybe this is the fling card we've always wanted. Maybe we, <laughs> what we
2: needed was oh, a no, way I, to put- I- I have that for you in a little bit. The fun card we've oh, always wanted wait. is not this card. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Look look, this is it. This is this is what I think magic is really all about. But this is not something that you would want in elves, for example, right? Like the clearest place you would put it, right? Well,
0: so the closest thing Pioneer Elves has to a crater hoof is the end raise forerunners or whatever, yeah. which yeah. is which is not good. We've lost to it, but it's not good. Hmm. And this does not, like, overrun your board, but Elves is obviously the the deck that, like, can conceivably Convoke this for zero mana. Well, that's why I kind of want... I want the counters to go on the things that Convoked it.
1: Like, you know, the card yeah. Dave brought up, which, that would be sweet. Like, it's sort of a bigger payoff, or, like, this costs 5 GG, but if you pull it off, all my creatures get two 1-1 counters on them. Yeah. That'd be sweet.
2: I mean, there's a card in, in Ravnica, the most recent Ravnica set, like, the cycle that does that, I believe. It's a white card that it. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's venerated. I remember Locksidon. playing against it. Yeah,
1: Venerated Locks It On, yeah, it's a four and a white convoke for four four and when it ETBs it puts a one one counter on each creature that convoked it. So they kind of make it just like a larger, greener venerated locks it on. Larger, greener reverse one, right? Well I mean I'm saying that's what I would want it to be.
2: And it's not even that. So it's kinda of like eggs in one basket thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it does have word too Yeah. I mean, War Two. War Two is kind of a pain, especially when you're playing a. If you're playing a format where your terror is two, and all of a sudden you have to pay four for it, and you're a little behind on mana or something like that. So I don't know. It's a cool card. I love. I love it, Stan. I hope it. I hope it gets used as something. Yeah, I think. It, I think if it gets used for
0: something, that's a good thing. Like these yeah. are the cards we want to be successful because they're so silly and
2: innocent. That's what we want: silly innocence.
0: And look, hey, to your point, your are four mana terror point like you're spending four mana to kill one thing they theoretically have seven other things still around that you have to worry about too
1: all right after all those cards y'all i need a quick grooming break for myself so let's head on into the ad break and we'll be right back dave stanislav you know what i uh, you know what i don't like paying full price for things? Well, I don't like paying full price for things. And I don't like tax day because I have to do my personal taxes. I don't mind paying them. I just don't like doing them. Let's be, let's be very clear. Guys, what are you waiting for?
2: I did my taxes like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Stan. That's a good one. What do you think? You move away and you don't have to pay taxes anymore? That's not how that works. Citizen working abroad. It's not how that works. Yeah, I really need to, one of these days. I need to know how this
1: works for you, Stanislav. But first off, Stan, I know what you're, what you're going for because Barisram Man does have a few products on sale.
0: Yes, and
1: they're ones that I really want to buy, including the Atomic Holiday Aftershave Splash. I love Atomic Holiday. I think it's an amazing scent. It reminds me of some, one of the, like a one of my favorite out of production uh, colognes uh, and called M Seven Fresh. And I'm definitely going to buy because it it's the closest I'm going to get for a while for 7.49 for a big bottle of aftershave, aftershave Splash. So that's dope. It's such a good deal. You are saving $12.50 American. Yeah. And Maryland Aftershave Splash for, for half price. And that's a good smell, too. Those are really nice.
0: These bottles are huge. These bottles are huge. Unless you're they, they shaving every day. They will
1: last you forever.
0: They're going to
2: last you a while. Yeah. Just keep in mind. The sale ends Friday. This show comes out Thursday. So, so you do have to buy it right away. If you want to do that, go now and check out BarristerMan.com. And I'm going to be buying one of each,
1: so you might run out of stock. But the uh, also, the reason I brought up tax day is right around April, on April 18th, so you get to celebrate paying your taxes as late as possible, hopefully, you get... The releases of some eau de toilettes of Bay Rum, Cool, Spice, and Wave. Oh, a Wave's eau de toilette? I am definitely purchasing that as well. This is
2: hype. Yeah. These are very nice. I have been enjoying the Just Right for a Tuesday, which unfortunately is sold out right now. But Restock. I also have the room. Getting restocked romance on Tuesday.
1: In- Oh,
2: excuse me, on April 18th. Sorry, I missed that that was on the list. I'm just looking at the page right now. Um, yeah, but I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And also Romance in Middlesex County. Both of these are nice, light, romantic, springy scents for you. Yeah,
1: very cool. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. I mean, that's like in like 10 days. So I'm, I can just pick that stuff up as soon as possible. Yeah. And if you want to pick this stuff up for 15% off, your first order if you have not gone into the world of barrister and man uh, use the code the dive down 2023 for 15% off that order lets will our buddy over at barrister and man know that you uh, heard about them on the dive down and helps keep our relationship with him going and helps keep this awesome small business going as well so thanks for checking that out and if you uh, have already purchased from barrister and Man, maybe some of your favorites are coming back on april 18th and then into may there's more products coming out that we'll talk about later so go check them out
2: All right, Stan, we had a tease a little bit ago about the perfect fling target. And I think we might have discovered it as well as an interesting new way to fling in this set. Mm-hmm. So I have three cards, three or four cards I would love to talk about quickly in a, an area of our word doc that I called weird combo stuff. Are you ready for weird combo stuff thanks to March of Machine? Yes. Here's the first one. Voldaren Thrillseeker. This is two generic and a red for a creature vampire warrior with backup two. We haven't talked about backup much yet. I don't feel like we have, but this is a mechanic that when this creature enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on a target creature. If it's another creature from this one, it gains the following ability until the end of the turn. In the case of Valdaran thrill seeker, that ability is one generic sacrifices creature. It deals damage equal to its power to any target. And this is a one, one. Okay. So in this set is a card called Multani and Yargle Uh as well. That is an 18 power (laughs) creature Uh for like seven mana or something like that. Seven or eight mana. So if you can Yargle and Voldaren Thrillseeker, you can fling, put those two counters from Voldaren Thrillseeker's backup two ability onto Yargle and it gains the ability to fling itself. For twenty,
0: mm-hmm. is, is that e- is that easier? To, is jund some jund like it either has to have jund mana, and then Yargol and Multani is three, five, six mana. So that, yep. that's that's a big commitment. So like
2: I think you have to be cheating in Yargol. Yargol, yes, you have to be cheating and or searching up Yargol <laughs> so somehow. Yeah, so
0: you have to be getting yep. Yargol into play,
2: and putting Fling in your deck yeah 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 i'm in yeah i'm in right i mean i'm not i'm not thinking about this too deeply i just thought it was funny i do think that a backup is a cool ability that we haven't talked about too much i think this is one of the ones that's the most interesting that it has because it does give you that ability to convert a card that maybe isn't doing anything or a combo piece into direct damage for your opponent for not too much of a cost and you can also you know you can save it up it's a creature based fling. So you can search it with a creature tutor. Like there's lots of different things that you can do with this, this thing. So I don't know if that's the final shell, but I do think that there's something to this where I don't know if you're reanimating Yargle somehow, you know, if you're persisting it, for example, then it's only a 19 power thing, but Hey, maybe 19 is good enough. A lot of times. I mean, I think importantly too, is like, this doesn't have to be only a
1: like gigantic fling combo thing. Like if you want to have some fun, and you're just like, I'm gonna have like a fun arena deck or something like that, like maybe best of one arena deck. And you're just like, I'm going to have some big beaters. They're going to do combat damage on the ground, and then I play the you know second main. I can play this and then sacrifice the other, like the big thing I just attacked with and do like you know five, six, seven damage without having another right. attack step. So it's like you know a, a big fireball for th- two in a red or something like that. Like there's there's some fun options here besides just. Giant, you know. Besides the the bonkers combos,
0: I, I saw a, a combo that I thought was pretty interesting too. Not sure if it's as you? as janky, less janky. But have you guys heard of Omen Hawker?
2: That was the next card I was going to talk about. Actually, Stan, you don't say. So please, well, yeah.
0: let, let's talk about Omen Hawker for a second. It's a single blue for a cephalid advisor. It's a one one, and it taps to add colorless and blue. Colorless and blue. Yes, mm-hmm. it taps for two, but it's, co- it's not generic. It's colorless and blue. So this is a soul ring. but you can only spend this mana to on activated abilities. Boo. Oh Boo, it sounds so say? great. Well, I'm sure there's tons that you can do with this, but the thing I saw on the modern magic subreddit, and, and they actually may have talked about this on faithless Brewing. I haven't gotten to it yet, but they, I know they talk about Omen Hawker. In their episode two set review, or part two of their set review, but this goes infinite with Freed from the Real, okay? Correct. So Freed from the Real is pay a blue to tap enchanted creature, or pay a blue to untap enchanted creature. Okay, so you put Freed from the Real on Omen Hawker, and then you can essentially make infinite colorless mana. What do we spend that on? Walking Ballista, of course. Maybe other
2: stuff. Emrakul, if you want. If you're At nasty. If you're nasty. Yeah. There you
0: go. That's it. That's the the show.
2: So totally agree with this card. This card stood out to me as well. I'm not smart enough to know how it was how it could be used, but that was the line that I found as well when I was poking around on Reddit. I found a post from someone named Teamertron and someone else named Wingman Bro. Oh, on, Wingman and asked Bro for an Omen Hawker. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And then Dan from Faithless Brewing was also in that Hold chat. On, Dan as well, from talking Faithless about it. Brewing. Yeah. Perfect. So I do know that they like it. Like you said, Stan, I mean, I, I don't know. It's worth noting that, um, bloom tender already went infinite with, with freed from the real. And those are cards that are already in modern. However, bloom Tendered costs two mana to cast, and maybe it's a little more complicated to get that second mana in it, but it does. And so I don't know if it's going to be better because this is blue or if this is not really a thing. However, I think a creature that is a one mana soul ring that does mana in any form is probably something that could be abused at some point in time. I just don't know if we've quite unlocked exactly how it's going to work yet.
1: This is one of those ones that I can't possibly rate fairly. Like mana acceleration is always powerful. I think it just has to have the right, you know, build around the shell that it's in, right? So it's just like, it's it, it will do something. I don't know how good that something will be, but it will do something. Yeah,
2: yeah. All right, I got another combo for you. Oh, wow, another one. And it involves another one of these greatest hits cards. And it's two cards, oh, well, it's at least one card that I think we've all played with in the past. This is Croxa and Kunoros, a elder giant dog <laughs> is the legendary <laughs> creature type for this. Perfection. And this costs three generic red white black for a vigilance menace lifelink six six and this is what the text on the card is whenever kroxa and kunaros enters the battlefield or attacks you may exile five cards from your graveyard when you do return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield okay so it escapes it lets you escape for no mana Mm -hmm. something for five cards but here's the thing This is a 6-6. I think you guys might know about this combo, but, you know, stop me if you heard this, but don't stop me because this is for the audience. Um, If you play this and you manage to sacrifice this with the trigger on the board, you can return Kroxa and Kunaros to the battlefield with its own trigger, okay? So that's one thing to keep in mind. So if you happen to have a card like Altar of Dementia in play with this, where you can sacrifice this at instant speed, mill six cards from your graveyard or from your library into your graveyard, pay the five exile cards, then return Kroxa and Kunros with that same trigger. You can mill your entire deck with this, and then with the last trigger from Kroxa and Kunros, you can cast Thassa's Oracle in your. Uh red white blue deck in your mardu deck you're not casting it because it's a trigger oh nice so the nice, last nice. trigger nice. off of kroxa it comes in from the graveyard
1: oh beautiful love it
2: so this is a infinite mill graveyard based combo with Fossa's oracle i know not the most novel thing in the world but it is interesting to note what kind of a weird engine kroxa and Kunros and altar dementia can make in modern specifically
0: now is this another instance where we have to get this into play without paying 6 mana?
2: Possibly. I mean what is what are the other cards in this deck? Yeah, I think it could be cards that get it into play without paying 6 man, mana. How about something like Goryo's Vengeance as a card that lets you bring this into play without paying Ooh. 6 mana. Yeah.
0: How how yeah. about it?
2: How about this, it? This could work. So, three card combo. It's not a three card combo. Four? I mean that's the thing. I it's it's a five card combo. No, <laughs> I I don't know. Um I mean I just think that that it becomes a shell where you know Corio's vengeance isn't the worst payoff for playing with something that's trying to abuse milling cards into your graveyard, doing that kind of stuff, and then going infinite with altered dementia off of that. I think is an interesting thing that people are definitely going to try to brew around. We had people in our slap in our discord trying to brew around it, so it's I think that it's um I think that it's an interesting thing to note. Can I talk about a boring card that we'll see play after those three yeah. cards? I don't know. Do you want to go boring? I love now? boring? How boring? I, mean, I think it's
1: cool. <laughs> Ozlith the Shattered Spire. One in a green legendary artifact. If one or more plus one plus counters we put in an artifact or creature you control, that many plus one plus one counters are put on it instead. Or that many plus one are put on it instead. You can also pay one in a green and tap it. Put a one one counter on target artifact or creature you control. Activate only as a sorcery. You can also cycle this for two. Um this is gonna see play. It's gonna see play in hardened scales. You can cycle away extras as legendary. Uh, too
2: obvious not to see play. I agree. I mean, I did say, see some people who like to play card scales saying that there's too many two drops in that deck. So trying to figure out exactly how the deck is constructed with these, how many you actually have in the deck versus how many hardened scales I think is part of it. But yes, I think that idea is too popular to people to not have some people try it out for sure. Yeah, it will do something. It will do something in scalesy decks. Uh boring but cool i mean this is a really a lot of text on a card yeah. you can cycle it you can it has an activated ability it has a passive abil- ability it's an artifact like there's a lot going on here
1: and hardened scales is only creatures right so this is creatures and artifacts so like it helps your mm-hmm. ozolith get bigger other things like that so it's just kind of it's it's too good too good
0: now are, are we sad that the ozolith has
2: been shattered are, are we sad the ozolith is completed <laughs> I'm, I'm not really feeling it for these cards. I got to say, like, it's it's fine. Vorth, just kills more Vortho, characters. Vorthos Dave, we yeah. always call him. Has no heart. Get rid of Heliod. Get rid of Jace. Get rid of Nahiri. I don't care. Get rid of all of them.
1: Oh, my God. Let's keep it going. Dave, keep the churn re- up.
2: Remodel's a basement, ready to just clean house. Well, you know it. You know how it is. All right. Um, what uh, What's your... Why don't we talk for real quick about what cards you think are maybe the best at this point? Do you want to throw out like one or two cards? Surge, Surge of like Salvation? Our spoilers? I do think Surge of Salvation might be the best card.
0: I wish I had prepared for this question.
1: Yeah. Surge of Salvation. I think it's pretty clearly the, the,
2: the best card. Let's, let's, let's rephrase this. That might be the card that is the easiest to use and the clearest that will be used from the set yes. for me. I don't know if it's the best, but it certainly seems like the biggest lock. Yeah, I think for say. Modern and Pioneer, for both our formats, for me.
0: Okay, what is what is this card? We we need to. That's the it's a Salvation. It's the one mana white
1: protection spell that you know makes your stuff indestructible from black and red, and then also gives everything hexproof or something like that. Yeah, so it protects you
2: against fury. Protects your creature or protects you from grief. Protects your creatures from fury, for example. Force of vigor. Yeah, and for that too. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's just I think it's just it's too good, v good.
2: What do you like, Dave? I, that was my slam dunk. I think other than that, the card I'm most excited to play is probably the camera, which I don't think is good.
1: It's just the one you're most like, excited to play. I mean, that's, that's fair.
2: That's the one I'm the most it is, excited to It is a game,
1: as I like to remind us from time to time. We should have fun.
0: <laughs> I think you're really reminding yourself you. there,
1: Shane. <laughs> yeah. Stan, so how
0: about you? What's your number one pick for a card you want to play with? Card I want to play with. Card I want... To play with <laughs> card you want you to know what? Yeah, play with. yeah yeah okay 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 no, no no if we're framing it that way i think the card i want to play with is carrie's evan Baral. that's the card i want to play with sick
2: yeah the card that i think might be best maybe it might be like ren and Realmbreaker, maybe that's the other one that i was just thinking of too is that that might that's pretty high up on a list of potential to be extremely good good casting cost. I didn't get to talk about it last week, so I'm not going to repeat what you guys all said, but that's a good card. I just keep thinking like, where's it actually going to go though? I mean, I do think it's good too. And it's like, what's,
0: what's going to play it? I don't know. But that's the fun. That's the fun (laughs) mystery, isn't it? Stanislav, can
1: I, can I ask you after a week of sitting with Halo Forager, just dreaming about Halo Forager every day, do you think it's going to see, you think it's going to see some play? Is it going to tempt you to go back to four color rhinos? Or do you think it's just more of like a living end type card? What do you mean go back to four color Rhino? I never took apart four color Rhino, son. But you said both of them. You have you have a you have a teamer and a four color living independently of one another.
0: No, I I just kept four color sleeved up, and I was playing teamer online. But um, I haven't played modern in, in a while, so I just kept in my, paper. My, yeah, my four color sleeved up. I yeah.
1: reverted my teamer, my four color back into teamer. And I got, I got some new cards. You know, you, I showed you. I got some of those new, the the Infinity Shocks, because I only had to get one of them. That's looking good.
2: I was just checking really quick, because there was some talk on Twitter over the weekend that, or earlier in the weekend, that this card actually doesn't work when it's zero. And so I was just checking the comprehensive, like, release notes right now. So I thought that was the question, whether or not it does. But I, I don't know if we got a definitive answer from... It's says if the card has X in its mana do Oh, uh, no. Yeah, there isn't a, a definitive answer up here yet. I saw people asking about it on Twitter.
0: Yeah. I guess we'll see. I think I, 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 I it saw It saw that reads well. like
2: it would work if it's zero. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Shane, to answer your question, I, I just, I kind of think it's probably better in Living End or against Living End, personally. But, listen, who needs to be convinced less than me to play new cards in Rhinos? I, I think also playing Rhinos right now is a scary proposition because, like, it's top three most popular decks in the format so it is it is an uphill battle against like the hate pieces but it's good against hate and that's why we love it huh
2: yeah that's the thing i mean good decks can beat hate yeah i'm pretty interested in blood phoenix still for what it's worth oh, i think that card is sweet yeah you, did you like our discussion or did we miss anything about it no I, I i didn't feel like there was much more to cover about it. i just think it's a card that could potentially be good i love that it's two mana i thought that was really interesting so um yeah, I like that card as well.
0: What did you think about my my thoughts regarding pairing that with Fable of the Mirror Breaker as like using Fable as a build around to make great certain graveyard cards better?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I obviously, when I'm not on the show and you say that I'm smart, I love that. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna come into this discussion like that. Uh, no, I, I I liked it as thinking about a, a payoff with it. Okay, well,
0: there we go, vindicated.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think looking for ways to take advantage, like, I don't know if you really have to look for ways to take advantage of Fable. You know, it's almost like when I said this is the best card in the format, I think in my mind, it was kind of like, well, that just means any deck that has red in it should just play it. Like, that's all, that's all that it is. And so do you have to make it better? I, I don't know if you, if it needs to get better, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having cards in your deck that are maybe pretty good that synergize with certain parts of it that there aren't a lot of synergies for all the time so i think that's all good i have some other picks for cards i think are very good okay so i think
1: uh Elish norn will see pioneer play i think she's bonkers and i think there's like just more this is more creature based strategies I think that will work with her in Pioneer. And same with Invasion of Govicon. I think that has potential for yeah. future based strategies, particularly in Pioneer, just because of the way the games
2: play out. I, I wonder if there's something interesting with the Invasion of Gobicon plus Elite Soulbinder, just playing eight of those effects in your deck. If that's good, if that makes white have a different character to it in the decks that try to play that as a more taxi kind of thing. I mean, you have Thalia too in Pioneer. So, you know, those first two cards aren't good enough for modern, but maybe there is a way to build like a white mid range deck that's reasonable.
1: I think fairy mastermind will see pioneer play. There's no red in six to like kill it off yep. as a X one. Um, so I think that I
2: think fairy mastermind has some chops. I actually saw some people playing rogues in Explorer over the weekend. I saw someone mention that they had queued for whatever event is going on, on on arena this weekend. And it made me think that maybe, maybe that is, that is the time to dust off rogues and give it another shot. And fairy mastermind is a good card. I mean, you're not going to draw extra cards off it constantly in Pioneer, but there are enough decks that draw extra cards. I mean, even Blood Tokens count as an extra card.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good card. Fable, of course. Chapter 2 of Fable. So I think there's not a huge amount of, like, slam dunks here, or cards that we're super hyped for, but I, I think before we get out of here, I think there's a few sleepers we could talk about.
0: Stan, do you, ha- do you have one for us, or do you want me to go first? The, the first one is a creature, and that's Knight Errant of Eos. 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 Eos uh four and a white for a four four convoke when it enters the battlefield look at the top six of your library you may reveal up to two creatures with mana value x or less from among them where x is the number of creatures that convoked knight errant of eos put the revealed cards into your hand and shuffle i think this could be a cool it's it's a human knight so i think this could be a a nice upgrade for maybe humans and pioneer uh maybe humans elsewhere but I, I just think like this is a good Convoke creature for creature strategies because it just keeps you going with more creatures. Yeah. I think the floor is pretty low, ceiling's high, cool card. That's how I like to live, my, my ideal architecture. The, the only other one I'll mention that I hope we speak to as briefly as this one is Moment of Truth, one in a blue for an instant. Look at the top three of your library, put one in your hand, one in your graveyard, one in the bottom. So you like Anticipate. How do you Anticipate, Dan? What's the difference between that and Anticipate? Not much. So Anticipate is look at the top three, one in your hand, and the rest on the bottom. This being an instant speed way to put a card in your graveyard that also draws cards. So you're looking at three, so that's a decent amount of selection, and it puts one into your graveyard. I think the fact that this is putting cards into your graveyard, an extra card than Anticipate, I think is why this one kind of caught my eye. Mm. Fuel for Delve, put Phoenixes in there, maybe something else, a, 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 a new Phoenix, perhaps, that is coming out on this set. I don't know.
2: I totally miss that this has one in your graveyard as it. I thought it was one on top, one on bottom. One in your graveyard is pretty interesting. I mean, it's like a two-mana, what's the C card? <laughs> the one-mana, you know what I'm talking about. Consider? Consider. Like, it's like a two-mana consider, which, you know, do we need extra considers? Maybe. I mean, some of these decks might like it over some of the two-mana spells that they run. Is this better than, for example, well, I'm sure it's not as good as... Um, It might be better than strategic planning. I'm sure it's not as good as Charter Course. Yeah. But interesting card.
0: The very, very unnecessarily specific application that only I thought about was the old blue-red Pioneer control deck that used expressive iteration until that was banned and would play like Treasure Cruise, Days Undoing, and Narset and then the loss of expressive iteration kind of killed that deck this maybe can bridge that gap again so that you can have like a good card to put into your graveyard spell to trigger thing in the ice i don't know i
2: just want to live love it shane what's your sleeper uh
1: well just a fast one stan you put this on the list but i think it's good enough to see play it's phyrexian Sensor. Two and a oh, white Phyrexian yeah. Wizard for a 3-3. Three, three. Each player can't cast more than one non-Phyrexian spell each turn, and non-Phyrexian creatures ETB tapped. So, you know, it's very clearly kind of an Archon of Amiria, Your Phyrexia and Taxes style deck. Um, Archon's a 2-3 flyer. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn and non basic lands your opponent's control ETB tapped. This makes all non Phyrexian creatures ETB tapped. There could be a time when that's like sort of more of a one sided thing against your opponent than yourself. I don't know. I
2: mean, there's definitely some applications here. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Love that card. I didn't know where it would go, so I did not mention it. But here's my real sleeper Thalia
1: and the Gitrog monster. (laughs) One. Obzon, so Obzon and a white, so Siege Rhino, 4-4, uh, four, four. First Strike, Death Touch, you may play an additional land on each of your turns, creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control, ETB tapped, whenever Thalia and the Gitrog monster attack, sacrifice a creature or land, then draw a card, um... Not optional. That yes. last thing. This might be better than people are giving it credit for. This might be, I mean, I'm not going to call it shieldred level. This could be like, this could be a bonkers four mana card in on Colors.
0: So I actually think people are sort of respecting it if you look at the pre-sale prices on this card. I mean, like, oh, it's like 12 bucks. 14 for the regular, 20 for the full art.
1: Yeah, 14 for, I mean, $14 Mythic is not disrespecting it. But I think yeah. that, I think this could be like a, you know, 35, $40 card.
2: Potentially I could be, ah, man, Whew. that last sentence is serious though. Shane, which one, the one about the money? No, the one about the one about having to sacrifice a land yeah. or, or creature whenever you attack with it, because yeah. you cannot attack with it without attack, without sacrificing. Yeah. I mean, it survives every, I mean, it just like always survives combat. Correct. That's the big thing about it. Well, you just sack sack lands, Dave. Like you're drawing well, lands, you, you you're need playing I need those to lands. cast my spells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the problem is you do need them to cast your spells, and you don't get to, you you know, you you can manage it, but I it's a it's a real cost though. But the card is interesting. Devin and I talked about it.
0: I just think if this is the top of your curve at four mana, like maybe you can start sacking every fifth and sixth land that you play.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: It's
1: totally true. I mean, okay, I don't think it's like shielded level. But I do think it is like, I think it might be better than $14. The real thing is like, do we have an Abzan mid-range deck that is really going to play this? And who knows?
2: All right. Can I give you a weird sleeper as our last card? Please do. Let's talk about the card that's going to be bad, but I think is interesting. Zimone and Dina, black, green, blue for a 3-4. Human Dryad... Whenever you draw your second card each turn, target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So it's got a Shieldred trigger on it, kind of. And then it says, Sacrifice another creature, draw a card. You may put a land card from from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you control eight or more lands, repeat this process once. So I was just like, wow, a 3 4 for 3 that rewards drawing extra cards the same and doubles up on your Shieldred triggers if you have a Shieldred in play. Sure, it's legendary, but maybe you can start doing four damage when you start drawing cards to people, and then also you get to do this weird thing where you draw two cards later.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I looked at this card as well, and I thought it was pretty cool. Like it has, you know, that's that's powerful. Whenever you draw your second card, you do it, you know, the two, the four life delta, pretty st- pretty strong.
2: Yeah, and certainly worse than Shieldred or whatever, but being able to play it in a deck with Shieldred's not the worst thing in the world. I like but it. But anyway, I think it's cool. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, this was fun. I'm. I think I'm actually going to go to the
0: pre-release for the set. So maybe next week, uh, if if I'm on, I can like share some early reactions to just like playing with the game pieces. Yeah, All I right. will
1: say the limited environment
2: looks fun. This looks like yes. a fun limited environment. I very much agree with that.
0: Look, if you're if you're going to pre-release in Manchester, please tell me where, so we can talk. I'm I'm dying to talk to humans.
2: Not us two humans. <laughs> yeah,
0: that don't need to. That aren't just talking to me for my brilliant marketing strategy. Exactly. Or because I know where the diapers are.
2: Okay. Good
0: up, boys, friends. That wraps up this week's show. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to submit a question to the podcast or just reach out in general, you can tweet us at the Dive Down all one word, or email the dive down at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thedivedown. Also check out our store at thedivedown.com slash store. Shout out to Traders for sponsoring the Dive Down. Sign up for Traders using promo code thedivedown10. All one word. 10 is the number to get 10% off your first two months of renting Magic Online cards. You can also use the promo code thedivedown2023 over at Barrister and Man to get 15% off your first order on body soaps, fragrances, shaving soaps, and more. That's Barry man. And then save money on some paper cards over at Nerd Rage Gaming with code DIVE8. That's the number 8 to get 8% off your first, or all of your orders there, really. DIVE8. NRG. Do it. As always, special thanks to the bands Nowhere in Spaceblood for letting us use their music. And until next week, get out there and march with Machine.